Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener. You'll have ad-free episodes and join us on our monthly Zoom calls with other podcast listeners and get to know the community at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes. What automatically comes on the radio? And I'm like, oh, I'm dancing. Be intentional. Create that playlist. And so when you don't feel like doing the dishes, you hit play. So music is medicine. Use it as a prescription like you would take a pill. I'm Alex Bloomberg, host of the podcast Startup, and you're listening to We Are LA Tech. My name is Esprit Devora, born and raised L.A., and I created We Are L.A. Tech in 2012 to unify the community. Podcast launched in 2014, continuing to help people find the best talent, to connect with each other, to form awesome relationships. So proud of this show. Enjoy. Feeling so grateful to be podcasting today from the new Kin Studio in Venice. It is a socially conscious co-working space and social club for entrepreneurs, tech forward thinkers who want to do right by the world, help improve our climate and elevate our hearts. And so I'm really thankful to the founder, Oliver, for allowing us to record the We Are LA Tech podcast in Kin. Definitely make sure to check out Kin at thekin.co, K-I-N-N.co. Welcome back to the We Are LA Tech podcast featuring the most amazing LA Tech talent and resources bringing our community together. So excited for our next guest. Welcome to the show, Hyla. Hello. What's happening? How are you? Hi. That's a good ADHD energy intro. (laughs) So, okay. Hyla and I met on Clubhouse, the Clubhouse app, the audio social app. And this is- That was the hottest thing and now it's nothing. (laughs) Literally in the span of just a year or two. It's crazy. Quite, talk about talk about a ride for tech. Tell us a little bit about who you are and what you do. My name is Hyla. I started my career in radio, moved into television, and then did documentary films for several years. I was on my way to start a new film about creatives with ADHD because nothing like that really existed at the time. And just as I was turning that machine on, I was so excited. There was a virus that joined planet Earth that decided to shut everything down. It kind of turned out to be a blessing in disguise because when I put the film on ice, I joined Clubhouse. That's where I met you. Mm -hmm. And I was like, what is this weird thing, Clubhouse? People are just talking all day, all night. And I used it to try and find subjects for the film. So I'd open up rooms on a topic around ADHD and creativity, and I would meet all these amazing people from all over the world telling me their stories. Yeah. And it quickly just kind of organically turned into this community where I was like, I'm on this app too much and I'm not getting anything done. I need to be productive. Who wants to co-work with me in Clubhouse? Right, right. Just running experiments, just trying stuff. And I, you know, at its peak would have sometimes, a, you know, 100 plus people in the room. We're all co-working, doing our thing. Of course, Clubhouse, not so relevant these days. But that community, uh, it was the idea of continuing to pursue wanting to do the film, but really just embedding myself into this world that I knew so well. And then once I realized I wanted to do a film on it, I was like, oh, I don't know anything. And Even the- though. And I've the community was called All Day Dreaming. It's called All Day Dreaming, alldaydreaming.org. It's specifically for creatives, entrepreneurs, tech people with ADHD. Yeah. I was lucky enough that I was diagnosed as a kid and then again as an adult. So I kind of understood my brain to a certain extent. Yeah. But there's been so many people who've been newly diagnosed, especially during COVID, that drastic switch from like working in office to working from home. Yeah, yeah really just triggered a lot of like, oh, my brain doesn't work like everyone else's what's going on. And so, yeah, it's been really exciting to try to help people navigate that process. And because your community is about ADHD and mental well-being, 
thought it'd be really lovely to do our podcast in the new Kin co-working space. So a huge thank you to the founder, Oliver, for uh, inviting us here. I was chatting with Oliver and it, it's so it's so opposite of what startup culture is. Hustle, 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 grind, 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 up. And the approach of like mindfulness as it relates to being an entrepreneur is just yeah, it's it's beautiful, and I think it's like such a unique lane that he's carved out for himself. Uh, I'm really excited to see how this place grows. Yeah, and we were at Zach's, like our startup coil coffee breakfast this morning that is here uh, every Wednesday, I believe, at Ken. So it's really exciting. Let's dive into that and talk about community and ADHD. The reason why I wanted to have Hyla on the show is because exactly what Hyla said, we're in this. And it have been the entirety of entrepreneurship in this hustle grind culture and narrative when really the best thing that we could do for ourselves is be well while we're building. And I've always suspected that I had ADHD. I'm not diagnosed, but I just seemed like my characteristics were that and how I process information were that of someone with ADHD. And I always felt like it was a superpower. Like it was it, it enabled me to be able to be an octopus and do like <laughs> eight things. Now I'm, I'm not yeah. a multitasker, yeah. but I, I am able to do a lot in a short period of time. And then I have, I struggle doing sometimes anything at all. So it's like this, like I have to tell when it, the energy's there, I got to like go crazy. And then I could get, you know, what would normally take 10 hours done in an hour. And you were kind enough to have me involved in your cohort and I was blown away. It was the all day dreaming ADHD cohort. And one, I was like, I'm still undiagnosed, but I'm like, I'm pretty a hundred that I have ADHD because I really resonate with everything you're saying. And there were things that took me the entirety of my adult life to understand. For example, it is really, really important that I wear head headphones sound canceling headphones with binaural beats. Mm -hmm. It's not just a trend or a nice to have or like mm -hmm. a cool tech th growth thing. Mm -hmm. It's literally how my brain functions better. I found this out by accident and I'm like, why am I able to get so much more done when I put these headphones on? That's weird. And then in your cohort, I learned, oh, this is a thing. What are the other things that took me so much longer. So I wish there was education like yours when someone is in high school or something like that. Because 100%. to go through my whole adult life not knowing I needed to do these things to be my best because of how my brain operates is such a shame. That's one of the things I, I, I you're hitting on something that's so big time. The ADHD discourse is really broken. And there's a couple of reasons for that. A, you have businesses that are just trying to make a buck. And it's one of the reasons why you had so many people diagnosed with ADHD at record numbers over the pandemic, because you had these tele telemedicine companies promising you the world, giving you a diagnosis after just 20 minutes, and then leaving you out to dry. It's interesting because you said, oh, I kind of saw it as a superpower, but there's times where I can complete a 10-hour task in an hour. And then there's times that a task that should take five minutes takes me five months, Yeah, right? Which is yes, kind of, <laughs> yes to that. But you know what? The brain. This is why. This is why there's so many entrepreneurs with ADHD because that skill set can help you as an entrepreneur. Like to be able to get super excited about something, super focused on something, and like do a deep dive. Like that's that's like that's where the passion and and the excitement comes from. The idea of ADHD being a superpower or a disability, or however a person, what context they put it in, it all depends on the context of how they're applying it. So like Simon Sinek talks about this. He has ADHD. And he talks about like, it depends how I'm applying it, when, where, whether it's serving me or it's hurting me. Mm. The analogy I like to use is a Swiss army knife. Most people say this is a really great tool. I say, well, if your house is burning down, is it useful? If you need to mow the lawn, is it useful? It completely depends on the context of how you're trying to use it. And so what I try and do in All Day Dreaming and what I've done with my life is like curate my life in a way that the ADHD is going to help me more times and it's going to hold mm. me back. 
and that's 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 why I call it a practice. It's like you kind of have to learn these things about yourself because ADHD is so individual. Yeah. It presents itself differently for everybody. A itself is on a spectrum and B your environment is always inf- informing it. So it's it's different. It presents itself different than when you work in an office yeah. and you have a boss and someone's telling you to be somewhere not versus freelancer just trying to hustle by yourself. Yeah. If you have a partner who's clean yeah. or you're single by yourself. And like there, there's a million different factors. Yeah. For everybody maybe in a situation like mine where they're undiagnosed, everyone listening right now, can you give a few tell signs that possibly you have ADHD? And now this does not mean immediately you have to take you know, uh, (laughs) pharmaceuticals or anything. It just means understanding yourself. That's all. Like I don't take any pharmaceuticals. I just understand how I function and we all function so differently. Yeah. I mean, there's, there's so many examples. For example, if you are someone who often finds yourself picking up a hobby and then dropping it right away, right? Or you, you know, your friends describe you as, as the person that's, you know, the most intense in the friend group. Oh, um, shoot. <laughs> oftentimes, you know, we're very s- sensitive. Uh, we are able to tap into our sensitivities. We, you know, there's this thing called rejection sensitive dysphoria where we can be really sen- sensitive to rejection more than quote unquote the average person. Obviously, People talk about time blindness and I'm always running late. Yeah, These things don't necessarily mean that you have ADHD, but they're just some of the kind of patterns that you see amongst people with ADHD. You must have loved it when I messaged you this morning. I was like, don't worry about being on time. Just show up. You don't have to be prompt. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, I've, uh, I feel like I've gotten better at being on time. This is probably the thing that's the most important that like if there's one thing you take away from this conversation, I want people to know that whatever habit or routine that they are in that they feel is holding them back, there's absolutely space to get better at it. And that's the thing that I felt was missing when I was diagnosed that's still missing today is that so much of the discourse is about everything that we can't do or the reasons that we're stuck. And there's very little discourse about like, oh, how do you change that? Mm. Or who are the people who've kind of like figured it out and and make that jump from it working against you to working for you? Totally. We want quick fixes. We love a quick fix. We love a shiny object. There's a graveyard of notebooks that we all have and apps and subscriptions that we've bought. Yeah. And – Part of my philosophy around ADHD is like it's not – there's no quick solve. There's no quick fix. And that's the biggest red flag. So if you think you're undiagnosed and you're looking around to try and figure it out, I would say if there's a person, place, or thing that's offering you a quick fix, red flag. Stay away from it. And if you're seeing a health professional who gives you a very quick diagnosis and then prescribes you something, also red flag. Because ADHD management goes far beyond just Adderall, Ridlin, all the things that we've, you know, hear yeah. people talk about. That's what I associated. That's why That's right. I'm like, look, I'm fine. I, I I don't mind that my brain operates this way. And I didn't want to immediately be prescribed something. Yeah. Yeah. And people were, does it kill my creativity? You know, I, I, I am not an advocate for or against meds, almost any method. There are a couple of baseline things that are universal. And it's boring to talk about. This is probably why the algorithms don't reward it. So, yeah. like, a lot of these ADHD influencers tend to be people that are newly diagnosed in the last few years. They do a deep dive. They think they're an expert. And then, you know, the algorithm rewards them. And they say, oh, I did a video on this. Well, I'm going to repeat that video again because I got the likes for that. And reality is community and accountability are two of the greatest tools. And they're free. Yeah. There's – who are – like, think about some of your mentors. Yeah. Some of the people that you look up to that you think are crushing it, have crushed it. You right. love them. You think they're – Yeah. 
they all have an infrastructure around them. Like mm-hmm. Serena Williams, greatest tennis player of all time. She had coaches. She had nutritionists. She had people that she talked to. Like everyone who's at the top of their game has someone that they talk to, right. someone that helps yeah. hold them accountable. Yeah. And so there's a version of that that all of us can create. Who we curate in yeah. our lives. Totally. The places that we go. So much of my ADHD practice is about I call them tripwires. Like how do I how do I curate a life where I don't have to think about being productive? I just kind of trip into it. Right. I love that. Without making yeah. the effort. Because it's totally. the effort that creates the friction and then uh, the paralysis. And yeah. then, you know, I've been on the floor banging my head against the floor, screaming to tears, being like, why can I just do this simple task that it feels like everyone else yeah. can do it easily? And you just feel paralysis. Yeah, totally. I have that going on right now. Lean into a bit about the rejection piece. Mm-hmm. Um, you said that those with ADHD interpret rejection on a more intense level. What does that mean? Yeah. I mean, it's just there's these numbers that float around. I don't know what the exact number is. I feel like it's kind of hard. But the overall premise is that people with ADHD have encountered more rejection in their life than the average person because we're always trying stuff. Like we're always trying to do stuff. So like even as a kid, you might have a lot of energy, which often presents itself in boys, or you may be inattentive, which often presents itself in girls. And all the ideas and the things that you want to do and try, there's been someone telling you no, 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 no. So if I've... If I've gone through life where my nose are triple that yeah. or quadruple that, the other person, there's this like that 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 starts building on your character and who who you are, and you can get really sensitive mm. with those rejections and just the awareness of it, just knowing, just kind of putting a name on it, being aware of it, kind of having an understanding of the origins, it almost takes its power away, and so all of a sudden there comes a point where rejection you can reframe your relationship with rejection and and not be as afraid. doesn't mean it still doesn't sing, but it's just the exposure of it and the understanding, the mechanics of it. All of a sudden it just, it feels a little less powerful. Mm. And I feel like that is so much of, of the ADHD practice is just reframing your relationship with things. Yeah. Again, these are things that are free these are things you don't need a doctor to give you a prescription for and probably why it doesn't get talked a lot about in ADHD discourse because because people can't make money on it. I think if there's, you know, we're all born different. And if there's a miswiring in our brains where it's best for us to live a solid life taking, you know, something that's totally fine. It's about truly understanding ourselves and our brains. Like I'm in group therapy myself. And also what I look to is have I slept? Am I eating? There's tons of things. And then if I've done all the things and there's still just this like misfire in my brain, I'm like, well, let me try, you know, something else then. It's just like, it's about truly getting to know ourselves, not having judgment, and making sure we're fully being honest and taking accountability to to be our best selves. So, yeah, I don't see anything negative with taking pharmaceuticals. The only negative I see is when pharmaceuticals are forced upon us as like a Band-Aid when we don't actually need it. That's abuse. But if it's if it's really what is healing us and the misfiring of our our brain wiring, then awesome, you know, because you've done the work to figure out like, yep, that's how my brain functions the best. I agree with you 100%. And anything that I'm saying, like I've been prescribed Adderall and I do take it from time to time. What I emphasize with people is like, you have to kind of know what your baseline is. Like prescription meds, Adderall, Ridlin, all these things. I think of it as gasoline in that you put gas in your car. Great. It it helps make the car go. But where are you going? Mm -hmm. What's your destination? Like like 
if you don't know what your purpose is, if you don't know where you're trying to get with that car, mm. you're just going to be doing donuts in the parking lot. Yeah. And that's, to me, this is, I, I think this is where the system is broken is that people are given this thing. Great. Okay. It helps get the car going. Where are you going? Yeah. And so you took it and you were quote unquote productive today, but on what? And this is what, this happens so often with people that I talk to. They'll get their diagnosis. They'll get the prescription. They feel great for a few months. Yeah. And then they're kind of back to square one again. Really? Of course. If you haven't really cemented, again, what your purpose is, what is it that you want to work on? Because ADHD, super high level. ADHD is a, people would describe it as like an inability to regulate your focus and attention. Put another way, ADHD is an inability to say no to a lot of fantastic ideas. This is why we start so many projects and don't finish them. Yeah. Our brains, our imaginations are undefeated. We can generate thoughts and ideas at much greater rates than other people. This is why we're good at brainstorming. This is why we're good at problem solving. Mm. And we have all these ideas. We see the final result. We know it's a fantastic idea. And then we feel stupid to not execute on that idea. Yeah. Because we're like, it's great. Why, why would I? Yeah. And then we get overwhelmed. And then our to-do list looks like the menu at the Cheesecake Factory. And we're wondering why we can't get anything done because we're trying to do too much. That and menu at the Cheesecake Factory <laughs> is really intense. It's too intense. <laughs> Imagine trying to eat everything. No. At the you can't do it. This is the hardest thing. Like when we do our ADHD reimagined course, this is the thing people love day one. It's super exciting. We're on board. They kind of yeah. get it. Day two is when they kind of get tripped up because there's an exercise that we do that I call kill your darlings. Yeah. And it forces you. First, we do a time pie. Because we all, you know, we're we're time blind. Yeah, yeah. So I, I make people say, okay, show me exactly how many hours are in your day, and then like what you actually do in that day, and let's like let's let's like sit down and do your clock. Yeah. Not your imaginary clock in your head. What the actual clock looks like, and then I'm like, okay, you realize how much little time you have in a day, and how much stuff you're trying to do. Now we're gonna have to kill some of your darlings, and this is, if people can get over this hump, then I'm like, okay, you're good. People push back on this. I, I, you know, we have this idea where like, I am going to be an artist, painter, poet who writes a book <laughs> and makes a feature film and you moves to, my brain. to Nicaragua and I'm going to learn how to surf and I'm going to open up a cafe in the jungle and I'm going to make an ambient music album. And then I'm going to run for city council because I want to, because, you know, equal rights is really important to me, but there are these stray cats that I want to make sure are taken care That's of. So funny. And I'm also going to show up as like a better sibling, better kid, That's better so father. That's so my brain. But, right? And so we have this, <laughs> it's absurd to think we could do it all. Because we get excited about so many things and we and we know what those potentials yeah. are. And so a lot of the ADHD practice is like, hey, let me help. Because what happens is we end up with a lot of great ideas that never got past the starting line. Yeah, There's nothing that feels more empty than that. So I went through this experience of your cohort, ADHD Reimagined. Yeah. Produced by your company, All Daydreaming. Yeah. It was such an incredible experience and something that I've shared with you. I think I think there's two core cohorts that I've done that are just uh, hands down the best experience ever. Yours and Creator Wizard who deals with getting sponsors as a content creator. And yours I feel like even that right there, I could say, create, you know, creator wizard getting sponsors as a content creator. You know the value. Oh, I'm a content creator. I want sponsorship. Yeah. The hardest part with yours <laughs> is like, I don't know how to describe it. Like, I, I could say things. It helped me identify that, yeah, I probably have ADHD. It helped me tell me I have, you know, the, the different tools like utilizing headphones and binaural beats and like why my brain functions this way or different things about my personality and characteristics that I never knew were associated with ADHD. So I could say stuff like that, but that sounds so vanilla and okay, who cares? Yeah. Like, 
it's really hard for me to <laughs> to verbalize vocalize yeah why it was so, i just i just it was phenomenal but like <laughs> i you. can't describe it other than like yeah i definitely probably have adhd i felt seen and now i have tools to be more productive welcome to my my pain point of marketing, Conundrum. right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's a good problem to have, obviously. It would be bad if the marketing was great and the product sucked. No, the product was fen- like phenomenal. <laughs> the design was well. The cadence was great. Well, it's about yeah. it's about designing specifically for creatives and tech professionals with ADHD. Yeah. First of all, it's got to be engaging. Yeah. It can't be boring. It's got to be visually stimulating. And so I'm always trying to bring in different elements. We do a lot of breakout rooms. There's a lot of work that gets done between people because we do these breakout rooms. So one of my biggest aha moments with ADHD was when I went to a group session. Yeah. And I'm sitting there and I hear a stranger who I've never met before describe his life and it's like a biography of mine yeah. and i'm like wait what totally and your brain just explodes and you're like oh okay there's other people like yeah. me this is great i'm not alone and all of a sudden that just like opens up the totally so we do a lot of stuff in group settings where you're learning from each other try and make it stimulating fun engaging short like each section is kind of like punchy and short yeah. and then it gives you a chance to like think think it through and then throughout, we're I, I'm specifically designing it to give you those those kind of practical science based tools yeah. that you can apply to every day. And and a lot of them are not they're not like groundbreaking. This is the, this is the irony. It's maybe it's like groundbreaking because it's not groundbreaking. Mm. <laughs> I, I I always tell people, okay, if you're if you're looking to buy a new thing or try a new tool, you have to ask yourself a couple of questions first. Like, A, is this thing that I'm getting going to complicate my life or simplify my life? And am I buying it because I'm avoiding doing the hard work? Because mm. this is what happens. We see the shiny object, we buy it, we download it, we apply it to our life, and all of a sudden it just creates more work for us because yeah, it's yeah. more complicated. Da, da. Chances are you can do everything that you need to do with like Gmail, a calendar, a piece of paper and pencil in most cases. And if you're trying to add more to it, then you're probably trying to do too much. Mm -hmm. This doesn't count for like longer term projects. Like I love Notion, for example. Notion is really great for long-term projects, but just kind of like operating in your day-to-day life this goes back to like this idea of have we reached peak productivity? Mm. Because no time on planet Earth have we had access to more tools, more apps. We're also effing distracted. Yet we're feeling more burnt out, but we have more tools than we ever have in, in, totally. in the history of the world. So totally. it's like we we literally – like. We can order our lunch. We don't even have to make our lunch. We can order it. Yeah. We can Uber Eats it. It will be here. Hell, we don't even have to eat it. It can be in liquid form. We can yeah. drink our lunch. Yeah, yeah, You know yeah. what I'm saying? Like yeah. there's Pomodoros. There, there's yeah. there's time boxing. Yeah. There's apps. There's watches yeah. that give you athlete level data on your body. Yeah. We are not short of technology making us more productive. The problem is we're trying to do too much. Yeah. And there's this overwhelming sense of I'm not doing enough. And so yeah. I need to get the app. I need to, what's ChatGPT telling me? Like, how do yeah, I yeah. AI my life? Like, yeah. stop. We go to the bathroom and take our phone. Like yeah. we have zero moments of just like, we even go on walks and we put a podcast in yeah. because we're just always trying to fill our time. Yeah. And probably one of the biggest tools that I try and work with people is like, stop. You really want to challenge yourself today? Stare at a wall for five minutes. It's excruciating. Have your phone in arm's length. Try. Tell me how, write down how long it takes before you get that itch to go pick yeah. it up. Like let's, again, what is your baseline? Yeah. We have to start at the beginning. 
you can you can download all this stuff, but if you don't know what you're using it for, if you're overwhelming the system, it's not going to help. I think one of the big, as I was f- reflecting back on my experience with the cohort, one uh, big clarity moment was I I do this thing that I've always thought was very weird about me. You may remember this. I I sit in the car and I feel <laughs> yeah. stuck. Now I feel safe in my car. There's something about being confined in the car that makes me feel safe. But it's like I can't move. I'll be in a parking lot somewhere inside the street, whatever, and I just feel like energetically stuck, like yeah. frozen. Yeah. And I can't – sometimes it will happen outside of my house. So like I won't even go up the stairs to my house. I just sit in the car stuck. Yeah. And I'll usually like watch a YouTube video or 50 or like, you know <laughs> – or eat a pint of ice cream if I have it with me. And I was like, it's so bizarre. It's just Is it always when you're going into a public situation? Like, it doesn't happen when you come home, for example. No, no. When I come home, sometimes so even I'll when you park the car at home. And why don't you want to enter in your house? I just feel stuck. Mm. I just feel stuck. There's nothing negative at home. Mm-hmm. So it's not that. Like, I just feel stuck. Yeah. And I thought that was, like, a really weird thing. And then other other community members – in your cohort were like, I do that. I'm yeah. like, what? Yeah. You do this weird thing that I do? And then someone said, the reason why you feel stuck is, and I forget the word, you probably know, it's like para, para not paranormal, parasynthesis. They're like- Paralysis? No. Anyway, you'll, you'll know okay. probably the word in a second, is that your body is like, thinks it's in danger. So you're stuck energetically- because like your own thoughts are making you feel like you're in danger. Like, oh my God, I have so much to do and I won't get it done yeah. and, or whatever the danger thing is or the project or whatever. And so what happens is uh, we get stuck and the the person in your cohort was sharing like, you just have to take a deep breath. That's yeah. one pattern interrupt. Take a deep breath and you have to be like, hey, you're safe. You're safe right now. Yeah. And you have to like say it and then take a deep breath. And I was like, oh, like I didn't know I was stuck because I was like, my mind was playing tricks on me that I'm afraid and feel in danger. And so it was kind of things like that where like I didn't really understand like why I'm doing certain behaviors or like, I'm like, this is just how I roll. I get stuck in my car sometimes, you know? And one of the things I started doing recently before the cohort, and it it makes sense, is when I feel stuck, I'll call a close friend. I'm like, I'm stuck again because for some reason, when I call someone, I can start moving. I don't know. It's weird. So I literally, I'm like, oh, fuck, I'm stuck. So I'll call one of my best friends. I'm like, hey, I'm stuck. And they're like, okay, they know what it means. And then I'll get home. (laughs) I love that. But but what this articulates is that most of us have the answers for a lot of this stuff. We just kind of don't even realize it. Yeah, that's what it was. It was like your cohort experience gave me intellect to why things are functioning, how they function, or and like and what more kind of toolkit things I can access to function with more ease. That's right, and it's about it's really. I don't even mean it in the woo-woo sense, but like it—it it, it is part mindfulness. It's being aware that okay, when I'm in this moment, what's like a like what's my checklist? What are like five things I can yeah. do to get unstuck? You yeah. already know. I call a friend. Like so much of of our behavior, I, I think, can shift with some type of physical action. Right? Yeah. It's really hard to think your way out of a feeling. Yes. Totally. And and it's not – no, it's like – again, this goes back to to talking about tripwires. What are things in your life that you're doing that are already just kind of – it's kind of like uh, like the hum in the background of your life. Yeah. What is what's informing totally. you subconsciously? So you just kind of naturally fall into different patterns. Totally. Um, and even, so w- even James Clear says like just open the computer or put on the gym clothes. You don't even have to do work. You don't even have to exercise. Just do the very first thing yeah. and then that will probably lead. And if it doesn't, Allow yeah. yourself not to do the next thing. Anything you can do to eliminate choice, this is another tool. Yeah. Eliminate choice. 
eliminate friction for the things that you want to do and try and create friction for the things that you don't want to do. Yeah. So one example is that. I love locking my phone in a box and it has to be just far enough where I would have to get out of my seat. Yeah. So that just yeah, that yeah, extra yeah, yeah. beat or putting a rubber band around my phone. Like, again, yeah. our phones, the apps are smarter than we are. They know how to suck us in. And this is why I'm like often kind of anti-app with ADHD because anything that draws you into your phone, the chances of you going into no, something crazy. else, TikTok, Instagram, et cetera, is like psh, tenfold. I sometimes – We'll delete apps, which is great. But also when, you know, our business is being a content creator, yeah, it's at times difficult to to have the apps deleted because there is legitimate work we need to do. So now what I do is I pay uh, high attention to screen time and I have the settings both within the app and within the phone to say like, hey, like limit this to 15 minutes a day or whatever. But how often do you say dismiss? Like it's on Threads, for example. Threads has a like, you know, tell me when I've been on for fifteen yeah. minutes. Dismiss, 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 dismiss. So yes and no. You're not you're not stronger or more powerful or smarter than the app. So yes and no. I do hit dismiss, but I am really conscious and I only hit dismiss if it's intentionally something that I still want to be doing, not if I'm just like wasting time away. There's a fine line between I want to be doing it and I should be doing it. Like, again, oh, okay, good point. It's really great. Good at point. Activating. I did not need to watch the Impulsive <laughs> Podcast interview yesterday. That is true. I could have been reading the Rick Rubin book. So. Good good call. I yeah. did dismiss to hear the whole interview. <laughs> Is my life better for it? Probably not. So, yeah. One of the biggest fundamental shifts for me was when I used to, you know, I think like a lot of people, I, I would listen to a lot of news. I'd listen yeah. to The Daily. I would NPR. I would just like, what's happening in Ukraine today? Yeah, yeah. And I'm like, why? Like, how is this serving me? And I'm not suggesting that people – bury their head in the sand. But the constant drip of that information and the way the news discourse is today, it's, 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 there's nothing that's stimulating or exciting, or it's going to make your life better. So it's like, I remember when I flipped that, I was like, okay, let me unsubscribe to all these things that are like more newsy. And let me subscribe to more creative interview type stuff. And God, the feeling that you feel after listening to a great Rick Rubin interview, for example, it's amazing compared to like 20 minutes on Ukraine. Like, oh, yeah, my God, like you amazing. got to you have to the subconscious is so powerful and you really have to be aware of the energy around you. And again, this is not to sound woo woo, but it is true. If if you spend 30 minutes in a room with someone that you love and inspires you it's going to be much different than the opposite. Yeah. It, it, it just, and that will have a ripple effect and that's going to impact how paralyzed you are in the car before you want to get, you know, totally get out of the car and go into your house. So like, there's so much curious. I'm so aware now of the, the people I hang out with and the things that I'm just like subconsciously taking in. And it's also, I remember feeling this pressure and this is why I would avoid listening to podcasts or like books that I wanted to read because I was so afraid I wasn't going to hold on to that information. Mm. And it felt like this bigger thing I Mm. had to do. I have to sit down and I have to give this book my entire attention. And I'm like, no, now it's just like passive consumption. Just give it to me all the time, all the time. And what sticks, sticks. And what doesn't, doesn't. And it'll come back to me if it's important. Totally. Let's talk about LA. Did you grow up in LA? No. Where'd you grow up? The the Paris, France of the East Coast. It's called Orlando, Florida. <laughs> I was born in Detroit, grew up, like did middle school, high school in Orlando. That's where I got my first radio job was in Orlando. Pretty cool. I was on like the number one morning show. That's so cool. As the producer and like little sidekick guy and learned my chops there. Yeah. When did you move to L.A.? So after Orlando, I did Atlanta for two years, and then I came to L.A. with my friend Michael Yo, who's a comedian and personality. And uh, he's like, yo, I, I got this opportunity to do this show at E. He's like, come do it with me. I was like, yeah, yeah 100%. 
we had met. This is again, this, this is going back to this idea of like how much how much are we really in control of our lives? This like so interesting, yeah. You know, there was a job fair at the community college that I was at that was like come intern at the radio station. It was actually for the hip hop station. And they're like, nah, eh, we got a different radio station for you, top 40. And then I got this opportunity to MC an in sync charity event in Miami. Random. That's where I met Michael Yo. And then I ended up getting fired from my job. And he got this opportunity at the same time. He's like, yo, c- come with me to yeah, LA. Yeah. Great. So move to LA. Most people have to move to LA and like find a job. I like got a job, but I did that for two years, got on television. That show got canceled. I ended up moving to Paris for a year because my sister was there. And Literally I met this girl. in France? Yes. Okay. The real this Paris. time the real Paris. The real okay, Paris. just making sure. That transformed my life and the humans that I met. Again, all things out of my control. I yeah. cannot control my sister and her family moving to Paris because of his job. I can't control that my show got canceled. I can't control that that was when the um, financial crisis happened yeah. in 08. So there was no work for me to do. So then I go, I go live with her. I can't control that I met this girl there, ended up moving in with her. Like there's so many things I like I I can't I didn't have any control of this stuff. Yeah. Yeah. So just like it was a variety of uh, typical ADHD. Like my LinkedIn looks crazy. There's no like clear line. It's not linear. And it's really hard. And this is why I think ADHD people struggle to articulate what do you do for a living? Yeah. Explain your skill set. Because we're like, we've done so much and we can be put in situations and just figure it out. I know. The girl who gets it done. The girl who gets it done. <laughs> you just figure it out. Just figure it out. That is an it's incredible what I do really asset. Well. You yeah. are so great at that. And you are great at networking. You are great at putting humans together. Kind of that that sixth sense of like, oh, you Puzzle and you. Puzzle pieces. Yeah. yeah. We're, we're seeing things. It's like that meme with the math that's floating in the yeah, person's yeah, yeah. face. That's totally how I feel. That's exactly what it is. And so it's hard to articulate that on, on a resume, but you know you got the goods and you know if you're put in a situation, you can figure it out. And that's kind of like my – that's my weird journey. Like, I, I, I don't know. It's, it's the blessing and the curse. It's the context. Is it, is it a superpower or, or is it holding you back? I don't know. Yeah. Depends. If I'm trying to get like a corporate job, probably holding me back. But mm-hmm. my buddy's like, hey, let's go figure this out. I want to shoot a music, music video in sand dunes in, in Southern California. I'll be like, great. Yeah, same. We'll figure it out sounds take me to another dimension when I'm working. Like if I, if I don't have binaural beats on, which I discovered through focus at will and then, which is an app and then brain.fm. If I don't have those on, it's like my brain can't concentrate. Yeah. What's up with that? (laughs) Music is medicine. I feel like it should be a prescription just like all the other drugs. Uh, There's some really great science around specifically binaural beats at 40 Hertz. That helps you drop into focus. It is, I find it like, it kind of feels like your body tingles a little bit. My experience, again, in order for this to work, headphones, right? Because what's happening is you're, you're, you're getting signals into each ear at slightly, slightly different variables. And that's what kind of helps you find that focus state. So you need headphones, even better if you have noise canceling, but not necessary. Headphones, and it has to be 40 hertz. 40 hertz, you can find good ones on Spotify or on YouTube. Um, if one doesn't work, keep trying another one because a lot of people try and replicate it and it's like in mono and not stereo and it sucks. And so 40 hertz binaural beats. The other sonic sound that I consider again medicine is uh, brown noise. Brown noise, there's different colors or frequency of static noise. Pink noise, white noise. White noise is kind of what we traditionally think of like when the TV's on, but mm. there's nothing broadcasting. Brown noise, I like to describe it as like being on an airplane, you know, and you kind of have that hum in the background of the engines. and That's really great brown noise. That also helps bring you uh, into focus. So, so trying those two tools, 
and thinking of focus as like a warm-up. The same way you warm up your body to do exercise, you have to warm up your brain to focus. And this is where like people with ADHD are like, I can't focus. I, I can't do the thing. Well, try this, be intentional and be like the first five minutes before I do a task, I'm going to warm up that brain. Yeah. Doing a to-do list, a little checklist. I call it a brain dump. Mm. Get those ideas out, put them on paper so you can see it clearly. Throw those headphones on for the binaural beats or the brown noise and and just experiment. Take the pressure Mm. off, just experiment, see how it feels. You'll be surprised at how often it can help you jump into that flow state. And then- if there's a task I don't want to do that doesn't require like deep focus, executive function, I curate playlists for like cleaning my house. Mm. What are my favorite jams? What do I love? What yeah. what automatically comes on the radio and I'm like, oh, I'm dancing. Like this is my like auto. Yeah. Be intentional. Create that playlist. And so when you don't feel like doing the dishes, you hit play. For me, LCD sound system. Okay. I'm like, how can I not get up and move my body? Yeah, a little yeah, bit? yeah. Yeah, so music is medicine. Use it as as a prescription like you would take a pill. Okay, a few quick fire L.A. questions. What's your favorite restaurant in L.A.? It's probably going to be mostly East Side stuff because I spent most of my time in like Mount Washington, Highland Park. I'm going to say, okay, favorite. What's a favorite, right? Is it a – is favorite mean like the place that you eat at? Most of the time, which is like your default go-to place because it's like good but inexpensive. Or is it the place that's like super expensive? So Joy on York, I just feel like I got sick of it because we would eat there three, four times. It's like um, Asian like uh, uh, noodles and and rice and pork and chicken. Joy is fantastic. It's so good. I think it's Thai. Um, and then like fancy, fancy play. Okay. The cheese store at Beverly Hills. I'm obsessed with cheese. I used to host these like speakeasy parties called Fromage Fridays that my friends always knew me for. And so I got to know the guys at the uh, Beverly Hills cheese store. Uh, they supply the cheese to all the Michelin restaurants in the area. They just closed down their old shop and opened up a bigger shop where they're selling sandwiches and stuff like that. Cheese store Beverly Hills. Special place in my heart if you love cheese. And favorite thing to do in L.A.? I used to be a very avid bike rider. Yeah. L.A. has horrible (laughs) bike infrastructure. Yeah. The west side is a little unique. So you don't mean mountain biking. You mean commuting, bike riding. Mostly road. Right. Mostly road. And I met just an awesome group of people. And there's something about – an evening ride, like going through Elysian Park around sunset and the Dodgers are playing and you just kind of ride and it's hot. And it's 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 like a nice little climb. Yeah. It's, you know, it's not hard, but it's also not easy. And the sun is setting. You can see the entire skyline of the city. You can hear people cheering at Dodger Stadium and just doing that little like couple mile over the hill of Elysian Park is like it's it's hard to beat that. That's great. And That's there's awesome. people that will set up with their radios and like bring their own food. Yeah. And you can see the stadium in the background, but they're listening to it on the radio and just oh, chowing cool. down on some burritos or talk. It's it's the best. That's cool. That's my favorite LA thing to do. And best hike in LA. <laughs> I remember, um, you know, when you first moved to LA, you're like Runyon Canyon, like yeah. I roll. <laughs> Like, oh, look at me. I'm like out here with Lauren Conrad and, you know, (laughs) and Runyon Canyon. I would say my favorite hike is either the Verdugos, which is kind of like near Glendale. Okay. Or uh, the JPL hike, Jet Propulsion Laboratory in Pasadena. It hikes to a waterfall, essentially. Yeah. And it's a short hike. It's like only a couple of miles. It's flat, so it's not hard to do. But you follow like this little river path and and this uh, waterfall. It's pretty sweet. Amazing. Yeah. And who is an L.A. tech person or company? Um, It's just someone based here that you've come across who really impressed you. I think one of the people that – am I allowed to say friends? Yeah, um, you can say friends. Probably one of the people that I'm most impressed and inspired by is my friend Dauda Leonard. He manages Grimes. 
He has always just been so forward thinking around tech and technology and the cross section specifically of technology and art. And the stuff that he's doing with Grimes is just incredible. Mm. They are they are just on the cutting edge. He exists in a different dimension. Everything that he does and his team does is like super rad. Yeah. That's so cool. Amazing. Hyla, thank you so much for hanging out with the We Are LA Tech podcast. How can people connect with you? Alldaydreaming.org, at Hyla. That covers all of them. Yeah. Thank um, you. And if you're interested, we're doing an ADHD cohort uh, course in October for ADHD Awareness Month. So, yeah, alldaydreaming.org. Uh, hit me up. You can sign up for that. Amazing. And like I said, I thought the cohort was one of the top two. It's like between you and Creator Wizard, like just phenomenal experience. Um, who knew Zoom can create such extraordinary life memories? Well, thanks for being a yeah. virtual friend who turned into an yay, IRL friend. <laughs> High five in person. Yeah, exactly. And it's so great that you have these conversations with people and you take the time to like get to know people. It's really awesome. I, I, sure. I love your energy. I love what you do. You're so great at networking and connecting people and – um. Yeah, I'm glad that the universe conspired to bring us together. Aww, the Alchemist, my favorite book. Thank you so much for listening to the We Are LA Tech podcast to connect and collaborate with more amazing people in the LA Tech community. Remember to go to wearelatech.com slash community. That's wearelatech.com slash community. Say hello on social at We Are LA Tech, on Instagram, on Facebook, on Twitter, all the places. I will see you in the next episode. Bye. Hey, this is Hyla from alldaydreaming.org, helping ADHD creatives and tech professionals transform their ADHD. You can check us out at alldaydreaming.org. And you're listening to We Are LA Tech. The We Are LA Tech podcast is hosted and produced by me, Esprit Devora, With help from Janice Geronimo. Edited by Corey Jennings. Production and voiceover by Adam Carroll. Music from Jay Huffman Live and Epidemic Sound. The We Are LA Tech podcast is a wearetech.fm production. Thank you for being a listener of the We Are LA Tech podcast. To support and collaborate with the community, become an MVL Most Valuable Listener at wearelatech.love. Linked in the show notes.